Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I am so, so grateful that you are here. Hello, happy Friday. Welcome to Unedited. I know I already said it, but I am so thankful that you're here and I hope you are doing well and staying healthy. I know where I'm from, there has been a lot of sickness going around and I got struck with it last week and I'm almost 100% better, maybe like 90, but um, I hope you've avoided it and I hope you're staying healthy. Just a reminder, I know I've mentioned it on the podcast a couple of times already, but the second book in what will ultimately be the unedited collection, Overflow, The Fine Art of Cultivating Joy and Sorrow, is available on Amazon. I am so passionate about this message. God has designed it that we can have joy, which is fuel for our endurance. It is our strength. It is cheerfulness and calm delight. It's so many amazing things. But he's designed that we can experience joy in the middle of any and every circumstance. And so in Overflow, I share 16 practical joy principles to help experience an overflow of joy, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're facing. So you can find that on Amazon. I had someone comment on social media and they said, I pray that it's a comfort to others and helps draw them to the Savior And that is my prayer request exactly, in a nutshell. And I have prayed many prayers over this book, but that's my prayer, that it will be a comfort to you and will help draw you closer to Jesus. Next week, I have an interview with Sister Rachel um, Carson. I'm excited to share that for next week's episode. Stay tuned. She has some really uh, good things to share about prayer journaling and a few other topics, and you will be blessed and encouraged by Sister Carson. Today, um, I am going to talk about the courage to pray again, and I'm going to share an unedited journal entry, unedited journal entry called Harps and Vials. Um, I have had this episode in my heart for about a week and a half, just absolutely knew what I was going to speak about today. But I want to encourage those of you who have been praying for the same thing for a long time. And I will tell you, I personally have things in my life that I have been praying for for a very long time. And maybe you're there and the needle doesn't seem to be moving and it doesn't seem like God is working and it doesn't seem like God is answering. But I want to encourage you to have the courage to pray again. And before I really get into this topic, I want to just give a little preface, a little side note. I want to say that theologically, I am not saying God heals every time. God is sovereign, and we don't have the knowledge or the insight into why he does what he does. 
Um, but I am saying that he's always able. He is the same God who performed miracles, signs, and wonders all throughout the Bible. And he has not changed. I just read it in Isaiah yesterday or today where he says, it says his hand is not shortened. His hand, he is just as strong as he's ever been. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I am saying that he's given us permission in the Bible to pray with persistence and tenacity. And so the courage, having the courage to pray again. And I wanted to give just a tiny bit of backstory um, for the inspiration of this episode. Last Wednesday night, we had a missionary at our church, and he gave an altar call for those who needed miracles or healing. And I prayed with several people, and I felt very strong faith for their situations. Um, I had gone up there with one of my own situations, and I felt towards the end when things were kind of wrapping up, I felt so strongly led to go pray for a friend who's been in need of a particular healing for a long time. And I fought God a little bit. And I was like, God, I've prayed before and I'm going to look stupid. And you know, all the things that we do to put pressure on ourselves. Like I can't perform a miracle, right? But I was like trying to tell God all the reasons that I couldn't obey him and go pray with this friend. Um, Ultimately, we know every miracle comes from him. And so I did go pray with her. And I felt such strong faith for healing for her. And I can't say that I've heard that she has received a miracle yet. But I know I stepped in obedience in that moment. And as soon as I woke up the next morning, one of the first thoughts in my mind was the courage to pray again. And I knew that's what I was supposed to talk about on today's episode. And so that's about it that simple phrase, have the courage to pray again. And I'm going to read you some plain, straight up scripture. This is Luke 18, 1 through 9. Jesus tells a parable and it says this. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. I believe King James says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Verse 2, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, shall he find on the earth those who have faith? Um, King James says, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? You know, that passage is so fascinating. And Jesus literally invites us to pray with tenacity, with fervor, to go back to the Lord on repeat with the same request. And not only did he share this parable but in the days of his, his humanity, in the garden, Jesus prayed again. 
it tells us in Matthew 26, 42, again, a second time, he went away and prayed saying, oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. And then Matthew 26, 44 says, so he left them, went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. Now we know that Jesus did have to drink that cup. We know that Jesus in his deity, in his divine nature, knew that he would have to drink that cup. But he prayed a second time and he prayed a third time. And I know when you are waiting for God to, to answer a prayer or you're praying something that you for something that you've been praying for repeatedly, I know how loud the voices of discouragement can be. I know how the doubt can creep in and I know how our faith can feel so shredded and so disintegrated. And so that's why I just feel so strongly about this episode today. I just feel like I'm supposed to encourage somebody or several somebodies to keep praying. And I'm specifically talking about situations where you're not asking amiss, as James wrote, but where you're asking for healing and deliverance, where you're asking for the lost to be saved, a lost loved one, or a prodigal to return, or a miracle, a specific miracle Maybe God has given you a particular personal promise and it just doesn't show any sign of coming to fruition. And like David, you're asking the question, how long, O Lord, how long? Again, we're not asking a miss. We're asking things that really would seem in our minds to line up with the will of God. Jesus has given us permission to keep on asking, to keep up showing... (laughs) to keep on showing up at the throne room every day with our requests, with our petitions, and to have the courage to pray again, to have the courage to keep taking our requests and our needs to the one who is a good father and to the one who knows how to give gifts. And with this encouragement to pray again, I cannot promise you that God has told me, wow, he's going to answer every prayer like we want or he's going to perform every miracle like we'd like. I can't promise that the story's going to go the way you want it or the way I want it. I can't say you're going to be healed on this side of heaven or that your prayer is going to be answered in any particular way. We're not serving God for outcomes. Yes, we know he's always able. And I want to reiterate that he is always able. The word of God tells us for with God, nothing shall be impossible. But I can't, while I can't tell you exactly that the prayer request is going to get answered the way you've been praying for it to be answered, I can tell you that as long as you keep praying, you are holding on to your faith. And what was the question that Jesus asked at the end of that parable? He said, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? And the emphatic answer to that question is yes. If you refuse to stop praying, because prayer itself, no matter how weak the prayer, no matter how feeble the prayer, no matter how quiet or short the prayer, no matter if it's whispered, he hears it and it is faith. And that prayer proves you're holding on to your faith. And so, yes. If we keep praying, the Son of Man will find faith on the earth when he returns. 
And so let's refuse to stop believing that he's able. He is going to come back and find us holding on to that shield of faith. Keep praying. Have the courage to pray again. Today, I'm going to share um, an unedited journal entry. Kind of goes hand in hand with what I just shared about worship and prayer and how they are eternal. And I pray this is a blessing to you today. Today's unedited journal entry, Harps and Vials. Harps and Vials. A few weeks ago, Dakota mentioned Revelation 5.8 in Harps and Vials. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. When Dakota mentioned it, she said that was all they had, worship and prayers. This is one of those statements that has stuck with me since she said it. Harps and vials. These are in reality some of the only things that will outlive us in eternity. Worship and prayer. When time wraps up, and the heavens are departed departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. There are two elements of our time on earth that will remain, our worship and the prayers we have prayed. Now I want to just jump in here, and I do say it at the end. Obviously, we know Jesus told us to lay up treasures in heaven. I believe we can send treasure ahead of us in terms of giving and um, growing the kingdom and also our investments in people. But These are two key elements of what outlives us. This is counterintuitive because so many times our worship is a struggle and many times our prayers feel as though they are hitting a brass ceiling. Our worship may be offered in spite of human weakness and weariness. It may be offered with distractions abounding. Our prayers may be prayed through sleepiness and exhaustion. They may be prayed with seemingly no response. We feel they are tinny and ineffective. We may feel that they have barely left our lips. But from this heavenly scene, we see that worship remains. Harps, which throughout the Bible signify worship, are still being played. The songs of earth have wafted across the celestial shore and carry on, joining the eternal song of the angels. Harps before the throne in perfect, unblighted harmonies and melodies play on. And prayers, they remain too. Though they seem insipid and pointless at certain moments of our existence, they have gone ahead of us and their very essence changed into incense, an aromatic substance. Though they have been prayed by people of unclean lips, as Isaiah expressed, they are now a sweet savor before the throne of God harps and vials. Job's blessed be the name of the Lord while sitting in the remains of his former existence. It's there in eternity. His though he slay me, yet will I trust him. When he had no insight into the plan of Satan or the parameters set by God, it's there. Job's words of worship and trust outlived him. David's worship offered from caves and from wilderness and the palace of a javelin thrower. His worship goes beyond the black and white pages of the book that has withstood every attack. 
his worship offered after the death of his infant son, a result of his own sin, that worship lives on. It mixes and mingles with the saints of a thousand generations, its tones and notes still being strummed on a harp before the throne. The worship you've offered when your prayer wasn't answered as you hoped, when God hadn't seemed to come through, when you lifted your hands in the long dark night of trial and sang, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you have been so, so good, when you worshiped at bedsides and caskets and gravesides at weddings and births, it's all there. The words of faith and adoration woven by your worship are part of the scene around the throne. Eternal worship, eternal words, unending, ceaseless praise, flowing from eternity past to eternity present, never-ending worship, harps, and vials, prayers, the prayers of Hannah and Hezekiah, Elijah and Elisha, all there. Every prayer of every saint throughout the ages of time are there before the throne of the Lamb in golden vials or golden bowls. The prayers of Jesus cried out from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The prayers of Saul turned Paul while he waited for Ananias. The prayers made by the early church for Peter's release. Those prayers are an element of what is held in golden vials in heaven. Your prayers, prayers prayed for healing and deliverance. Prayers prayed repeatedly when yet no answer had come. Prayers for prodigal children, for the hurting, the broken, the lost. The prayers that were poured forth as groanings which cannot be uttered and prayers that rolled down your cheeks in liquid form. The prayers you prayed when you were in the longest, darkest trial of your life. The prayers of repentance you prayed when you failed God, yourself, and others. The prayers of thanksgiving when God was infinitely better than you imagined or life was worse than you could conceive. Prayers prayed besides and chair sides at evening, morning, and at noon. Oh, bedsides and chair sides at evening, morning, and at noon. All those prayers are there in eternity, representing you in the crushed form of sweet incense. Not one is unheard, not one is forgotten, not one has fallen to the ground. Every word of every prayer prayed in a secret place or a corporate setting is in the golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Priceless, eternal prayers prayed in daylight and darkness, prayed on mountaintops and in the valley's depths. With this in mind, I will keep worshiping and continue praying, sending incense into the heavenlies. Words that meld with thousands upon thousands of other words from all the ages and all places, from every tribe and nation, from saints of every century, harps and vials. P.S. Thinking of other things that will outlive us, one, investments in souls and people, those who receive eternal life, and two, treasure. Jesus told us to lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven, but I don't have time to flesh those out today, so harps and vials, a few thoughts on worship, and a few more on prayer. Happy Thursday.
And so that's today's unedited journal entry. Again, I just have felt so strongly to encourage you, if you have been praying for something, don't give up. I know there's a school of thought that says, pray at once, know that God heard and rest in that. And if God has laid that on your heart, you stick with that because that's important to follow the leadership of the Holy Ghost and to follow the, follow the voice of God. But if you have not felt a check in your spirit to stop praying, you keep on because Jesus told us that God, that the unjust judge would avenge the widow speedily. And he says that God will do the same. And so keep praying, knowing that God is able. And we have to have, along with this, the attitude of the three Hebrew children that say he is well able, but if not, and the attitude of Job, where he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Keep praying and keep trusting if the answer doesn't come. I know that God is for you and he's at work, even if it doesn't seem like it right now in this moment. Thank you so, so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit MegunEdited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, happy Friday.